Hey folks, this is Justin Bradford, another movie review here coming here. Joining me all the way from Europe is Liam McAvoy. He is the, the director, the producer. He's put everything together for The Spirit of the Game, which is a very unique documentary that's following, well, a quote-unquote beer league team and playing for the championship there in France and Luxembourg. So Liam, thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot for having me. So let's go ahead and just get this started. I mean, there's so many different sports documentaries and everything out there, and you're a part of this organization, but what inspired you to make a movie like this, and, and how did it all come together? Uh, well, initially, the, the plan was not to make a movie at all. <laughs> I started kind of just filming games and sort of doing a little bit uh, interviews between periods and things uh, at the matches about two years ago, just to kind of put on Facebook, build a little bit of a brand there and get the name out that this team even exists. Because ice hockey in Luxembourg also really, it's, it's very much a... A niche sport very few people even know that hockey exists let alone that we play in luxembourg so that was the initial intention to just kind of do a few things for facebook and then as the season progressed the one that i was filming i started to see really there's quite a, a deep story uh, in this group and uh, in, in the uniqueness of all the different nationalities that we have and uh, the massive range in age and then as the team progressed through the season as well there's rivalries that build up and then there's tension in games and then there's also the journey towards a possible championship. So that's when I decided, you know, this is better, this is more of a story that could be told over a longer period of time rather than little interviews and little videos and things and all of that sporadically posted to Facebook. So that was that was how it kind of morphed into a movie quite organically. And so let's let's kind of back up then and talk. So the, the team we're talking about are the Puckers, which is such a fun, unique name there too, and they're based in Luxembourg. So just the, with it, with hockey there too, I mean, it was great to see so many different players and, and things like that. But let's talk about the level. What what level are these guys playing at so people over here in North America get an idea of the competitiveness level? Because I looked up some of these players, and some of them do have elite prospects profiles on there as well as listing where they play. So what's, what's the level of play like for these guys? Well, the division we play in, it's... It's essentially the fifth level in the, of French ice hockey. So, fifth or fourth, I'm not 100% sure. But essentially, it is kind of beer league. It's, it's designed to be just uh, a hobby league for these players. So, we all pay to play. So, no, no one is played. It's, it's not even semi-professional. We play in a league where it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's non-contact, but it's reduced contact. Mm -hmm. So, you will get a penalty for, for a a straight up check to the boards or things like that. So it's because it's all these very different levels of, of experience. Uh, you have some some players even who are just learning to skate that season, all the way up to, you know, former even professionals, depending. Uh, so it's really a if you want to play and you adhere to the rules, then you're welcome. So there's it's very difficult to pinpoint an exact level. So as as you see in the movie, there's there's some games where they're where they're winning by. 15 goals and then there's other games where they're playing against teams from uh, particularly the Paris area where they're they're very that's very much the the hub of hockey in uh, in France so average age is mid-20s so they're really players who either are not quite at the division three division two division one levels or they have the level but they just don't have the, don't have the time commitments mm -hmm. so they have families, full-time jobs, things like that. So this is really the league for those guys. And, and it seems like so many of them, they take it very seriously. They, they want to win. And seeing how it's built as an organization, it's similar to what 
kind of what we have in my beer league team. We're, we're the mighty drunks of Nashville, and um, we, we have merchandise, we, we have social media presence, and, and our team president, uh, Colby Collier, he, he does video and everything for a lot of these games, and has turned that into his own hobby of doing video documentaries himself. Um, so it's really neat to see them take it so seriously, but still have a lot of fun. And is that what you're noticing out of this team, too, is that they take it seriously, they want to win, but overall, the overarching thing is they just want to have fun playing with each other, because that's what it's all about, is the brotherhood? Very much so. I mean, uh, even in particular interviews I've I've had with some of the players that not necessarily made the film, but one, one thing that stood out to me was one player called Jonathan LaForge. Uh, he's a Canadian ice hockey player. He played really high level uh, in Canada, certainly in junior. And when he came over to Luxembourg, he, he came over for his job, for his profession. He has a wife, he has a kid, so hockey is no longer like his main goal, but he still wants to play. He still has a competitiveness. At the same time, the one thing he explained to me that the uniqueness he finds in the Puckers team is that compared to some of the other clubs in our division in the championship, the Puckers didn't necessarily have dedicated power play units or, you know, things like that. It was very much, mm-hmm. let's take everyone, if, if you want to, if you pay your way, if you pay your, uh, your membership fee each season, you're treated as equal. And that's also kind of the, the task of the coach, Eve Barthels, is to get the best out of these guys, regardless of their skill level, and, and, make, sure that, and make sure that everyone gets to play. No, that's totally fair, and that's, that's what it's like in, in normal beer leagues, too, is you, everybody paid the same amount, so everybody, you know, you go out there and you play how you need to. So it is so unique to seeing all the different nationalities that are on that team, and you even mentioned him, it took him there for business. Is that pretty much why everybody's there in Luxembourg with all those different nationalities of business, or other people travel there, they want to play for the Puckers? Just how did it all come together, having that much of a diverse team like that? Well, yeah, as I say quite frequently, that uh, the Puckers really is a microcosm of Luxembourg in general. We have uh, we have uh, a lot of the European Union is based there, a lot of the headquarters. We have a lot of uh, it's a lot, very large uh, banking industry, so we naturally have a lot of people come from Scandinavia, from Sweden or or Norway, Finland, Denmark, and then the North Americans as well from Canada, United, United States. So yes, a lot of people do come to Luxembourg for business. We also, as far as I'm aware, the current statistic is 48% of the population are foreign nationals. Wow. So it's very, very much a melting pot. Mm-hmm. It's, you can, I'm pretty sure you could find at least a small community of every nationality uh, in the world in Luxembourg. And that is just reflected within the team because we simply have people from everywhere. And, and that's awesome. And it's what's cool, too, is seeing just in the highlights, too, you can see how young some of these other teams that they're playing are. And you have these the age ranges, you know, 40-year span is what it seems like in this team. Mm-hmm. So is that is that really a unique aspect, too, of this team is the age range? Because it's not just a microcosm of, of nationalities and culture, but also of age. You have young playing with old, and they're still being successful. As far as I have, I'm aware, uh, I don't know any other team being ice hockey soccer football that i've experienced that has an age range of like you said 40 years you have there's a very nice moment in the movie where you see a a locker room conversation between our youngest player who is at the time i think he was 20 Mm -hmm. and our oldest player who was 61 at the time so it's very much playing on the same line and uh you know (laughs) the youngest guy antoine was young enough to be the the grandson of uh of his teammates so that (laughs) 
that is something very unique to the Parkers itself that I have not found anywhere else. And that was, again, one of the, along with the diversity, one of the real dr- motivations, the driving factors for me making this film is that, I, I, and I don't think, I can't think of another team in the world in sports where you have that combination. Because in a professional sports team, you would have the, the nationality diversity, but you wouldn't have the age. Mm-hmm. And, in other, and in other nations, you might have the age diversity within a beer league team, but you don't have that combined with the, the cultural diversity. And, and that really just speaks to the title of the documentary itself, The Spirit of the Game, because that's what it's all about, is everybody coming together to play hockey. Uh, so and we, we see in the film, <clears throat> excuse me, we see in the film as well as travel. I mean, it's not like normal beer leagues where usually you're playing all the same rink and home in a way just means which locker room you're going in. But here, because I'm sure just because of the type of league they play in, because of the, the level of hockey too, there's a little bit of travel involved. And hey, the one bus looked pretty darn nice that they're traveling on. So <laughs> so what's the travel like? Is it one of those things? Because obviously these guys have day jobs. So is it one of those mm-hmm. where just they go travel on the weekends or it's like a Friday afternoon or a Saturday, they go and play and they come back Sunday ready for the work week? Uh, well, the the league is is also it's a cr- incredibly well organized. Uh, it spans the, the actual title of the league is uh, Trophy Federal this season, so the federal trophy of, of France, and it is actually part of the French International Ice Hockey Federation. Wow. So it's really part of the, the the whole system there. And as far as I'm aware, last season there were between sixty five and seventy two teams. Uh, that all take part in various divisions spread around France. So in terms of our division, which is the northeast of France, which joined with Luxembourg, our furthest destination is uh, is Besançon, which are the great rivals that you see in the movie. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, I would say it's about a four-hour bus trip there, four-hour bus trip back. So some of those games, some of the the further-ranging games, we, we really don't have any option but to have our club uh, pay for for coaches to take us there because it's really it becomes even a you know a you know a, a health hazard to right. ask players to drive eight hours plus play hockey on on a, on a Saturday or Sunday night. No, no, that that makes sense, and I mean it kind of gives that. I'm sure guys that played like travel hockey or if they if they played in North America and played junior hockey that it gives them that feel back to the old days of having to be on the bus with everybody and have that camaraderie on a bus where you're all having fun no matter the age. Um, so let's look, let's look into this. Like, what's your role with the organization? Because I saw you're you're part of the another part of the organization as well, right? Yeah, I, I joined as a, as a player actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we've had a little bit of a a re restructuring of the club in recent years because as it started as the puckers we we were a handful of people that was started off as 10 or 15 guys uh, as far as i'm aware about five or ten years ago and as it has grown over time uh we, we became more and more popular with 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 the uh, expansion of the social media and things like that so more and more players are coming each year and at one point I want to say two years ago, even at the, the start in the movie where you see this training session taking place, around those times there, sometimes we had 50 or 60 players on the ice for one training session. So it simply became unattainable to have all of these players in one place. With that as the problem, we decided to split the, the organization into two clubs. So we had the puckers, who are really who the, the film follow. Mm-hmm. is. We don't we don't like to call them the A team, but they are <laughs> let's say that they were the original puckers. They're the more they're the more experienced players, and then the cool puckers are essentially a team of the guys that 
that still wanted to compete in this league because it really is enjoyable, but either not quite at the level of the Puckers team or there's just simply not enough roster spots. So the second team was born, and okay. I, I ended up playing with the second team. I mean, that's, so I, yeah, that's pretty awesome that, that you're a part of the club. You're a player as well, and you saw the, the just the, the fun part of putting the story together. And so what's your background then in terms of filmmaking and everything? Is this a hobby for you? Is this something that, you know, this is what you want to do, a, a passion for you as well in terms of making documentaries and movies? It was a passion and a profession. Uh, I've been, I've been in the, the film industry in Luxembourg for about 10 years now. And in, if you include my education, which was uh, university and uh, what we have in, in England, uh, Sixth Form College, which is a technical school for, for media and television. It's going back 15 years. So that's always been my my full-time job, is, is either is making movies or, or doing still photography, portrait photography on the side. So it just kind of so happened that I was the natural guy for the job. And <laughs> if, if anything, I didn't even really ask permission to start all these things. It was kind of just, I had a camera, had a camera I had a nice subject, and it was, oh, do you mind if I, if I film you guys? Uh, doing your games and then it kind of snowballed from there to the point where now we have a, a feature length cinema movie which uh, is, is going out to festivals around the united states and then and, and is in the hockey news in canada and things like that so it's really uh, it's kind of taken on its own uh, identity now well, you, you can tell the trainings there just in terms of how it's set up for the interview sessions. That's where you know the professional training has been there. So so let's talk about because I obviously love talking about to filmmakers about how they did this and how they put it together too. In terms of filming, was it just you? Did you have a crew as well? Like, What was the demand on, in terms of making this happen? In terms of the interview stages, that was all myself. The, uh, the vast majority are actually shot in my living room. So essentially I just set up a black background. We, uh, I thought about... Well, how, how can I make this kind of consistent but also hockey nature in my living room? So we just kind of hung up the jerseys that we had there. And they were also shot over a couple of weeks' time, so it's kind of trying to make sure it's always in their same place. But that was me by myself and all the gear that I privately, uh, personally purchased. Uh, for the majority of the games, I was either alone or I had one assistant, a great friend of mine called uh, Rita, uh, Rita Asmanova who uh, did a fantastic job. I mean, she's she's not a filmmaker. She was just there as my friend and a friend of the, the puckers. So it was basically a situation where you're here, your hands are free, here's a camera, go film. <laughs> and, uh, don't worry what you get. If it's good or bad, uh, I'll make something work out of it. So just go and have fun with that. And then for the finals, uh, or this, yeah, for the finals, uh, we had a small crew of about four different people where, uh, again, just friends and setting up cameras on tripods and just to, to make sure that if, if there's a moment that I'm not ready for, it's, it's captured. Yeah, there's, there's always plenty of moments, and I, I go back to earlier part in the film where they're playing the team back-to-back, and it's getting a little chippy out there on the ice. You don't mm-hmm. want to miss any of the shoving or the moments of running goalies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, so let's get back to the film now. That Family seems to be a central part of this as well, and the focus on the family within the team. And the family of the family of the players as well, because it's obviously the main focus of well, you know, yeah, my wife lets me do this, and you know, they also have children and everything like that. What did you pick up on the importance of the family aspect of this entire film through the team and through the teams, through, the, through their wives and through their children and everything too? Well, very early on, that became a central theme to the movie, uh, because even in the locker room, we talk a lot about 
quote, the pucker spirit and the puckers, puckers nation is kind of what we decided to call the organization because we have this, this split now of puckers, cool puckers, and then there's even more players that, that don't fit on the other two rosters. We, we have a, essentially enough players to make three or four teams. Mm-hmm. So we call that puckers nation. And also kind of like in a, in a, in a word play with the United Nations because of their diversity and, we, I, I remember we once had a, uh, a team photo done and the photographer who did it who's also a member of the team called Boshua, you see him in the movie, uh, he decided to put the flags, uh, photoshopped the flags of everyone's nationalities behind us and it really looked like something from the United Nations. So we, they, the guys do talk uh, about the club as one big family and you once... Well, even I think even if you become a fan and you're, you're in Luxembourg and you come to a game, there's... there's there's a great chance that you'll meet a lot of the players' families of kids running around and the wives will be there. And that's just uh, the atmosphere that's brought to it. It's it's undeniable. It's unmissable, really. And I think just in terms of watching the film, too, anyone who's ever played recreationally the, the sport of hockey can relate to this, whether they've been a pro and now they're playing what's in here in North America called A-League, which is usually former pros or, or any sort of professional level, or D-League, which is beginner level here, like what I play in, that anybody can relate to this because you're seeing that sense of family. And that's what's important is this film, I think, shows the sense of camaraderie and brotherhood as well as they take it serious. Like, it's not just, yeah, it's fun, but you want to win. I mean, it's a competitive mm-hmm. spirit as well. You want to win the game, and you're taking it serious in the locker room, but you also understand the aspect of brotherhood and family and everything, too. So I think you did a fantastic job of capturing that spirit in the title of, of the game and of the brotherhood and, and of hockey in general, just in terms of everything that goes there that shows that it is an international sport, that you don't have mm-hmm. to be just... American or Canadian to get it, that you have all these people from different nationalities that get the spirit of that game, and, and, and that's what you captured. So I just wanted to give my opinion on that as well, that you Thank captured you what so many people around the world can relate to with this sport. Um, and so with that, just what is the what is the future plan for this film? Because I know people are going to ask, well, now that you're talking about this, where can we view it? You said festivals and everything too, so just what are some of the things upcoming for this film for people to view it? Well, in terms of around Luxembourg, France, and Belgium, uh, I am in uh, conversations with some television networks to to see. It's very much a, a film I think that will be targeted more for video on demand, mm-hmm. be it uh, be it Vimeo, iTunes, or or the like. Um, for the United States, I, I have sent it out to a handful of festivals uh, in, in New Orleans, uh, uh, around the New York area, I think Coney Island, and also Los Angeles at Doc LA. So I'm kind of they're they're, they're varying levels in terms of their classment as festivals so i'm kind of testing the waters to see where it goes in terms of a film in, in the general public film rather than specifying and targeting sports uh, or ice hockey specific because i really think this is a movie that can appeal to a, a much larger audience than simply hockey specific and in the next couple of weeks I'm, i should get notifications of whether or not i'm, ex- I'm accepted or not to these festivals, if there is success with that, it will probably go down that uh, go down that route. Otherwise, uh, yeah, if it's not really successful on the festival scene, film festival scene, I would target uh, television, sports networks, and or iTunes, Amazon, Vimeo, on demand. So basically, if people want to see it, they need to start demanding it. They need to start talking about it. <laughs> exactly. I think. I think I think that's that's the great thing about doing press with uh, yourself, uh, the hockey news, uh, 
So I think the more the more people want to see this film and the more of the right people who, who can make this happen learn about it, so I think the, the better the chances are. Absolutely. Well, we're going to do our best to push this out to make sure people here in North America can get a view on it. I mean, I know it takes time. I know, for instance, like I said, the Russian Five, it took over a year for it to get out in different theaters around here because it's basically Detroit-based. Um, so mm-hmm. it'll take time, but it's going to make it happen, and I know there's plenty of people here in Nashville that want to view it because there's a huge hockey following here and people that play beer league that can totally relate to it. So we're going to do our best to make sure people can see this film and all around the world. And, and Liam, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me.